Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals Liquid Wild Oil of Oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's Wild Oil of Oregano supports a variety of health benefits including antimicrobial effects as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today, we're talking to Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, uh, a naturopathic physician. She is in private practice in Sandy Hook, Connecticut, and she is the lead author in a very, very exciting landmark study, which looks at the effect of lifestyle and supplements on aging itself. You know, there are many studies that look at whether this or that or the other thing can reduce the risk of cancer, reduce the risk of heart disease, reduce the risk of dementia, etc., etc. But this one looks at the fundamental processes that underlie aging. Uh, aging, yes. unlike uh, you know some of these medical conditions, is a universal issue, and uh, we're all programmed to age. But uh, the take-home message from the study and from a new book by Dr. Fitzgerald, uh, Younger You, is that uh, we can actually impact the process of aging itself, which is very, very exciting. I mean, intuitively it makes sense, but uh, this, I think, is a landmark study, one of the first of its kind to actually demonstrate that you can do that. So kudos to you, Kara. Uh, uh, okay, so, so tell us yeah. about this, this study. The study involved um, uh, a fairly large number of subjects because uh, it's hard to do you know, big studies with, with hundreds and hundreds of people. And you managed to convince them to undertake an eight-week program that consisted of what? Yeah, it was actually a relatively rigorous eight-week program. Um, you know, if you're going to truly reverse bioage, you need to be invited in this short of a period of time. Uh, you need to be invested. And so we had a diet. Uh, and I can walk you through the components. It's it's vegetable forward. Um, there's a little bit of, of animal protein, some specific nutrients, um, good fats, a modest time restricted eating window. It's keto leaning. Um, the diet was designed it's low with epi- it's lower carbohydrate. Exactly. So the diet was designed very much with influencing DNA methylation, which is the way that we measure biological aging. So we were really going after uh, optimizing this one uh, epigenetic process, which is very closely associated with biological aging. And I want to point out 
how important it is to think about biological aging first and foremost when we think about any of the chronic diseases of aging. Biological aging, our age is the number one risk factor for all of these conditions. And scientists are starting to kind of wrap their brain around the idea of if we're able to successfully lower biological age, even by you know, a study I was reading, or not a study, a, a, a essay from David Sinclair and, a, and some economists out of um, the UK, if we're able to reverse biological age by a year, the, the, the savings, the cost savings in the US is in the trillions, you know, it's like, I think, 38 trillion for one uh, one year reversal and 10 years reversal is, you know, tenfold greater. I think it's about 3,800, 380 trillion. So biological age, if we can, if we can focus on it, you know, we, we stand to improve not just our lifespan, but our health span and reduce the, you know, just the plethora of diseases that we're all vulnerable to as we age. Right. So it's not just about age, it's about also quality of life and what's called health span. Yes. So, uh, yes. so, so the diet, uh, a lot of plant foods, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of fresh yes. fruits and vegetables. And there was meat, but interestingly, uh, you did not eschew, uh, red meat. In fact, you emphasize organ meat, right? I know. Yeah, that's right. So these are nutrients that we know influence gene expression. They influence epigenetic expression. Um, Lots of greens, lots of seeds, things that we know are full of methyl donors. So DNA methylation um, is, you know, dictates biological aging. Um, this is an epigenetic mark, and we and, and the nutrients we're giving really kind of massage it towards optimal. At least that was our anticipation in designing the program. So we're giving a lot of methyl donors in the form of greens and some, you know, and liver. Liver is high in folate and B12. Liver is three times a week. It's not an everyday thing, and, and there's three ounces three times a week, so you don't need to be overwhelmed by that. Um, but beets have these methyl donors, and that helps us put the methyl groups on the DNA. But really importantly, there's this whole class of epinutrients um, called polyphenols, things we know and love, things like green tea and and, and turmeric and resveratrol and um, rosmarinic acid and rosemary and lots of the, of the, of the herbs that we use. Um, I think you mentioned luteolin uh, as well from celery. Yes. Yes, luteolin is a good one. Lutein is a good one. Um, What else? Quercetin. So there's a a host of these nutrients that we know, we know they're good for a variety of reasons. Well, they turned out, it turns out that probably a big reason that they're so helpful in so many different ways is that they regulate how we, uh, how we express our genes. So they they influence DNA methylation and influence which genes get turned on and which genes get turned off. I mean, it's just so, so, so interesting. So there's this combination of methyl donor nutrients that help create those all important methyl groups for gene regulation. And then all of these beautiful polyphenols that sort of direct where they go. Uh, And so that was the diet. That's the diet component. So, so hold it right there because you, you're talking about methyl donors. And, you know, I think some of our more sophisticated listeners understand that 
uh, B vitamins are methyl donors. Some people may be taking uh, B vitamin formulas that address methylations. There, there's uh, yes. a host of these uh, MTHFR support uh, yes. nutrients, uh, which consist of B6, B12, folate, betaine, maybe some riboflavin. Uh, you know the drill. Yes. So uh, yes. in the study, though, uh, you did not load people up on those. And when your whole goal was to uh, adjust uh, methylation. So what was the yeah. rationale for that? And you actually write about it in, in the study. And I think it's kind of interesting what you have to say about that. Yes. Right. And, and yeah, and I address it pretty extensively in the book. So in the age of epigenetics, in the age of looking at how we're regulating genes, we know that some of the nutrients we lean on can influence gene expression powerfully. I mean, the most cla the, 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 the classic study is the agouti mouse study by Waterland in journal and journal in the early two thousands. The agouti mouse is it, it has it expresses an agouti gene, which makes them obese and blonde. I mean, they're so visually distinct and they actually go on to have risk of cardiometabolic disease and all sorts of problems with um, the expression of this agouti gene and water waterland and journal sort of set the stage for the power of nutritional epigenetics when they gave the pregnant dams methyl donors so just as you said folate b12 betaine um, they gave them methyl donors in the diet and the offspring their agouti gene was hypermethylated, so loaded up with methyl groups, and therefore it was turned off, and the offspring were not blonde and obese. They were brown, wild-type, healthy mice. Uh, and so that entered, you know, they, they really catapulted us into the age of nutritional epigenetics, showing that uh, regulating gene expression using nutrients had powerful powerful potential. So that was a huge, that, that of course was a big influence on our thinking of this design. But, you know, and one of the interesting things these guys talked about in their study in the, in, you know, right at the very beginning there, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, look at the power of, of nutrients. I mean, of course it, you know, it was celebratory, but there was a word of caution to appreciate how potent nutrients are on regulating gene expression. We all think we can go to the local CVS and grab, you know, these OTC vitamins and take loads of them without influencing what's happening to us in any deleterious way. I mean, we, we think we sort of have a carte blanche for this, but they said, you know, these things are, these are potent players and, you know, we need to pay attention. So for me, I started to read the science on um, cancer epigenetics. It turns out one of the driving mechanisms of tumorigenesis of cancer is that they that cancer takes over our gene expression. It takes over in me, if I had cancer, what genes are turned on and what genes are turned off. I mean, it's just this real nefarious thing that even saying it makes me sort of angry. So it's going to turn on genes that make cancer move forward, and it's going to turn off genes that shut cancer down. And so we've got a whole many, many genes in our body called tumor suppressor genes, and cancer will shut them down. And in so doing, you know, we are not fighting cancer like we should be able to. So in, 
it, it, so in, on any gene, you know, in any person at any given time, we've got some genes that are on that are hypomethylated and some genes that are off, they're hypermethylated. And so we, caution for me is, are we supporting genetic methylation in the healthiest way? Mm -hmm. And if we just sort of bathe ourselves with these vitamins, with these methyl donors, could we be pushing uh, methylation forward? Could we be shutting off genes that we don't want shut off? Well, and maybe the this answer is, yeah. Maybe, maybe this accounts for the paradox that uh, in many studies, folate, dietary folate, seems to prevent cancer. But in people who have cancer, active cancer, uh, the B vitamins may be promoters of cancer. So it's, it, it's, it's not a one-size-all uh, thing. It's not a one-way street. Yes. It, it, and it's, yes. it's a little bit too nuanced to say, don't take B vitamins because they can cause cancer or Everyone yes. should take, you know, scads and scads of methylating B vitamins under yes. any and all circumstances. And, and I share that view with you because uh, with my cancer patients or patients who have a high risk of cancer, I'm reluctant to give them uh, high doses of B vitamins uh, for at least yes, a while exactly until they right. recover. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's ex that's exactly right. It's a U-curve. So what we know is most nutrients exist in a U-curve. If you don't have enough, it's a problem. And if you have too much, it's probably a problem as well. And so you're absolutely exactly right. And for this reason, we wanted to be modest. We didn't want to use isolated nutrients. You know, they're, 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 synthetic they might be bio identical but they're synthetic they're outside of the food matrix we didn't want to use those as our intervention however you can scour the science all day long and you won't find any evidence that the foods we recommend push cancer forward you'll never find a paper to my knowledge mm -hmm. i have it certainly yeah. uh, that, that 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 kale is going to push cancer forward <laughs> so you can get all the folate you want and you can do a pretty high amount using an nb12 you know using the nutrient interventions that we recommend so that you've got plenty of methyl donors but they're in this food matrix. Mm -hmm. And I want to go on to say that the new science coming out as well suggests that sort of, quote, combinatorial, that's the scientific term for eating these nutrients in combination mm -hmm. yields better benefit than isolated standalone constituents. There is a time and a place for when we want B vitamins. I mean, if somebody has a B12 deficiency neuropathy, they need B12, and they probably need it as an injection. I'm not going to stand. I'm, that's absolutely appropriate. But we we also need to be thinking in a more nuanced way, just as you said. So, so there were other components to the program. It wasn't just a a, a, yes. a diet change. So let's talk about yes. those other lifestyle components. Yeah. So it turns out that. You know, we think about methylation, those of us who are thinking about it, you know, again, with the B vitamins that you just mentioned, many other factors regulate gene expression and DNA methylation in particular, many others that have nothing to do with those methyl, methyl donors. Um, for instance, stress is a big pro-aging activity that... Um, shows up on DNA methylation biological age. Mm. I was blown away that a full 25% of 
the biological age clock that we uh, that we used uh, is regulated by glucocorticoid. So it's regulated by our main, our chief stress hormone or influenced by our chief stress hormone, 25% of the mm-hmm. clock. It's kind of mind blowing. That to me suggests that gas, uh, that stress is a pro-aging event like gas on a, on a, you know, on kindling, you know, on a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see, so you can see that stress is, and so not outside of just the biological clock, you can look in the literature and see the influence of stress, of, of, of total life stress, of PTSD, of early life stress, et cetera, on biological aging. It's there. You can also see the benefit of anti-stress interventions like Tai Chi or yoga or meditation, um, and what's really cool about it, and so for that reason, we incorporated, you know, twice daily, just brief 10-minute um, meditation in our study subjects. Um, but was, what was cool about my read on the literature is that, you know, you don't have to depart to, you know, sitting on a mountain monastery and dedicate your life to meditation. There is research that shows that just one meditation effort can have beneficial epigenetic changes. But those people who commit to it, logically speaking, get the best benefit Mm -hmm. and are epigenetically younger. So addressing stress and the way that we did it in our study was through meditation is one. Exercise has plenty of science on it being just, you know, biologically, it's it's anti-aging via helping with Um, genetic expression via DNA methylation. So there's lots of studies. Um, In fact, what's really cool is those who are older, one of my favorite studies showed that the older you are, the more bang for you buck you actually Mm. get with exercising. And what was particularly cool is those tumor suppressor genes that I mentioned a little while ago, exercise helps us turn them back on. So Mm. it goes right in there to DNA methylation to these hypermethylated tumor suppressor genes and turns them back on. And the, and the older we are, the, the more bang for this buck that we get, which to me is so cool. There's some suggestion that excessive exercising may not be the smartest thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're a form of stress or promote inflammation, yeah, yeah, that's right. It can be a pro-aging um, activity. So for those of us who aren't exercisers, yes, you need to get moving. And, and I talk a lot in my book about how, you know, brainstorming on ways to get that happening. But if you're telling yourself you need to start CrossFit, that's just not true. Yeah. Um, sleep was something that we tracked. We wanted our participants to get at least seven hours Um, same kind of thing. There's lots of good science on insomnia being very pro-aging and, you know, good sleep being very beneficial. Uh, and again, specifically looking at gene expression, gene regulation. So sleep also important. You you also Um, uh, address uh, the issue of environmental pollution, especially, uh, in your book, but you also, uh, took some measures in the in the study, even though it was a short duration, to curtail people's exposure to uh, harmful chemicals. Yeah, we couldn't, um, you know, we couldn't sort of supply their food, you know, give them organics. I mean, it was it was a really expensive study. Stu- research is I learned yeah. so much about conducting clinical research. Yeah, yeah, it 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 
it is amazing. I, and it's just such a gift. And I'm obviously really grateful. We received an unrestricted grant from Metagenics and their CEO, Brent Eck, has just been a, a big fan in support of our work. Um, but yes, so there's no doubt about it. Toxins negatively influence uh, DNA methylation and epigenetic expression. They you know, toxins damage DNA directly and just, they just wreak all sorts of havoc. So we wanted our participants to eat as cleanly as possible. We recommended organics. We wanted them to try, um, but we couldn't, you know, hard and fast say you must eat organics. We wanted them to avoid plastics. You know, we wanted them to cook in appropriate cookware as they were, as they were able to, um, so they did the, you know, basically they did the best they could with it, but mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. We can't, you know, you can't understate the influence of toxins. Um, I, what's of interest is that uh, you achieve these significant benefits, uh, you know, in terms of years of uh, age reversal in such a short period of time. Uh, is it contemplated to undertake uh, trials of longer duration? Uh, you know, yeah. I know they're hard to do. It's hard to get people to comply. It's expensive. But, you know, I think yes. uh, that would really... Uh, really drive home the message that yes. lifestyle yes. is a very, very potent anti-aging tool. And, you know, we don't necessarily need to look for uh, miracle compounds from the pharmaceutical industry to, to accomplish that. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh, that's such a great, this is such a, it's like a whole nother conversation for us. I, so I would say, even if you are running after these miracle compounds, you have, you, you, you still need to be thinking about diet and lifestyle. You know, they're not mutually exclusive, uh, exclusive considerations, but yes, the fact that diet and lifestyle can, you know, uh, wield such influence is certainly a call to action and hopefully will be a call to action for many of us. Um, we do have institutional review board approval to continue to study our program within the digital platform, within the app. And mm -hmm. so anyone who wants to jump in and participate, please, please, please do. Okay. You will be able to track your data over the long term. Um, you know, so we, we've got lots and lots of questions. We've got our core study diet and, and program, but then we, you know, we're thinking about sort of, you know, do we want to turn the volume up on any supplements or do we want to see how, you know, people do it longer term or do we want a little, a little bit more time restricted eating? There's all sorts of permutations, um, you know, that we can think about going forward and investigate. Our study, our, this original study was done only in middle-aged men. So obviously we want to see what women look like. I mean, I've been eating this program and have been measuring my biological age for some time now. Um, but we want to look in a larger group of women and we want to look in a broader age range. We want to look at people who've got certain conditions. How do, how does, you know, someone with diabetes or metabolic syndrome respond? We, I mean, I can say my hypothesis is they would have even, even you know, greater bio-age. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they're, they t they're, biological, they're biologically older at baseline. And so that's what I would anticipate. But, you know, these are questions hopefully we'll be able to answer as many of them as possible. Some scientists, you know, have reached out to me to collaborate. I heard from an oncology uh, researcher out of MD Anderson who was who was uh, interested in looking at our program and some and an interventional cardiologist out of um, 
California who was interested in, in using our program. And, and I'm, I'm certainly very, very open to those collaborations. And we can always talk about how we might uh, tweak the intervention a little bit for whatever it is that they want to look at. So it's really, really exciting for me and, you know, all of us involved. You know, I know that you did not want to uh, bias the study by uh, supercharging people with B vitamins. Uh, but are there any other supplements that could make a difference that are candidate supplements uh, that are not specifically methyl donors, but support uh, methylation in a, in a balanced well, way? Well, we used a greens powder. Um, we used a, a product called Phytoganics by Metagenics. There are other greens powders on the market, and I, and I list a handful of them in the resources in the book. But So we used Phytoganics. I think that green, so I, I'm very bullish on polyphenols, mm-hmm. big time. I think that they are important players, and I wanted to just give people an extra dose of them in the greens powder. So even though we've got them eating a lot of veggies and we've got them doing eating some fruits, especially berries, I just wanted to turn the volume up there. And we also gave them a probiotic, specifically a strain lactobacillus plantarum. There is some suggestion that that will right. help our microbiome. Yes, the microbiome folate. may play a role in mediating aging for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, un- it, we, unequivocally, I would say. But we can, our microbiome, a healthy microbiome is going to be making these methyl donor nutrients. It's going to be helping in that. And, uh, and so we wanted to support the microbiome for many reasons. And, you know, we used uh, that probiotic. There's a whole, I go through a number of supplements that I'm pretty excited about in the book. Um, I think we all need to be taking vitamin D. I think we need to be taking fish oil. Um, if you're not good at, at, at drinking some green tea, you know, you can take a green tea extract. And I have to admit that I am not a big green tea drinker. I like coffee. If anybody follows me on Twitter, you'll see that. There's I, some benefits there, too. I try to post the latest. Yeah, there are some and benefits. And there are benefits yeah. for coffee and longevity. And, um, you know, so green tea, I think curcumin is really smart. Himalayan tartary buckwheat. Um, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bland has been Who's very interested. with that discussion with you months ago. Yeah, I'll tell you, it is a smart epinutrient. It's a collection of really good, solid uh, physiological amounts of those polyphenols that I speak a lot in my book that, you know, just have good research on them as being epigenetically active in a favorable way. So I... There's a bunch of nutrients that I think we can think about layering in. I know that uh, Jeff is a big fan of uh, uh, the Horvath uh, aging clock and methylation testing, and he routinely yes. subjects himself to tests as he experiments with different uh, yes. lifestyle right. regimens and supplements. And he's convinced yes. that uh, the Himalayan tartary buckwheat uh, had a big no impact on him. So, and on I experimental think so. subjects. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, you know, it's very exciting and great way to start off uh, 2022. Uh, the book is Younger You. There's details about the study, but it, it goes uh, way beyond uh, just the study protocol. It talks about many, many aspects of uh, an anti-aging program. And it's exciting that you've melded that with uh, an app. So it's uh, interactive. People can jump online uh, and take a questionnaire or input their data and, um, I think that that's a really great way to present the information. So congratulations to you, Dr. Fitzgerald. It's really, 
wonderful accomplishment. And I think you've made a big impact and will continue to do so for the uh, uh, natural community. Thank you so much. Yes, it's it's an exciting time for us indeed, and we're humbled and, and grateful. So once again, the book is uh, Younger You, just out. And the website is dr. Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, K-A-R-A Fitzgerald, usual spelling. And uh, lots more details there on how you can turn back the aging clock. Very, very exciting stuff. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. It's just been a pleasure to be with you. My pleasure and a very happy new year to you and to our listeners. So thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.